Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. We have a very, very special guest today, NBA superstar trainer, Chris Brickley. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's funny, I hear like a lot of people talk, some people even refer to me as like an NBA influencer. I don't think that's true. I think people that actually Nah, you are. For sure you the are. The game are NBA influencers, and I think you're one of those. How did you first see the opportunity to be a trainer and doing what you're doing right now? It's a good question. So at first, the opportunity, the me not being a player, my, the way I thought, I was like, I'm going to be a coach. That's going to be how I'm going to use the game of basketball. Um, and I really loved it. I was, I was all in. Uh, did the assistant coaching thing. And then when I got to the Knicks, Phil Jackson was legit, like, you know, player development. Like, I want plans, I want to know how you're going to get them better, and why, and started getting me to think outside the box, and then I just thought back uh, the Coach Patino days, he, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach, but he's a Hall of Fame player development guy too. He took it really serious, so I just kind of used what I, what I learned throughout the years, and then social media helped um, as far as in it, when it's like a sticky subject to say social media help, but it, right. it did because you know play, players at the end of the day it's like the newspaper nowadays and, and players go to it and you know they want to see who players are working with and because of Mello, um, CJ McCullen DM me one day <laughs> and after after his like second season and I asked him why did you DM, why what made you DM me. He's like, well, Mello trusted you. I wanted to see what your workouts are about. So, yeah, player development is uh, it's taken, taken me a long way so far. So I, I've asked a couple people this, and I'm curious. You kind of alluded to it there. Do you think social media is a good thing overall? It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. I guess it, it depends on how you take it. Right. If you, if you want to just look at the negatives of it, it could drive you crazy all day and pick out the negative comments and be the, uh, you know, if you want to be the guy that's just like, everyone's picking on me. But you could also look at it in a positive way. You inspire. Look at how many people you're inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if, if you, there are a couple ways. Like some people look at it as like, oh, here's like where I can push out exactly what I'm doing. Uh, I can build relationships with like-minded people that I wouldn't have been able to connect with otherwise, or they're living in other countries, on other continents, and there are all these opportunities to connect with people all across the world that otherwise you would have had zero chance to connect with. For sure. um, and then, you know, there's also like the whole negativity side, but, mm. you know, granted, that's also just, you know, human nature, looking at 99 people being like, yo, Chris, you're the man, mm -hmm. and then one dude who's like salty for whatever reason says one bad thing, and then that's what you end up thinking about. For sure. Like, the next hour, mm -hmm. like that's just how, that's like the negative side of social media, but yeah. if you can find a way to look past that, it's, it's a really good thing. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and even like on the basketball side of things, it, for helping kids get recruited and like there's so many positives, then the positives do outweigh the negatives. True. What, what do you think for young basketball players now is the best route to either become a player or to get involved with the game in a way similar to what you have? The, so the best route? Um, yeah, well, f 
who cares about rankings? All right, so that, like that's, that, that's, that's like, to, like, and I'm saying like as a player coming up, uh, you know, if you're in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you, you can't, you, you shouldn't be obsessed with the rankings and I, I need to be ranked and I need to go to this tournament to get my ranking up. I feel like, you know, from when you first start playing till even when you get to college or even let's say sophomore year, the development stage is so important. Nowadays, kids just play games and they might get drafted and they've never really had a work ethic. They've never like worked on their game. It's just games, games. <laughs> and I, I feel like that, you know, the, the right way to go about things is when you're in middle school and elementary school and high school, focus on development. And I feel like the whole European thing, some yeah. of these guys come here and their games are more developed because it's not about AAU and the rankings and the five on five, it's more about development. So I feel like if you really want to be good at the game of basketball, you know, work on the development side as opposed to just I want to play in a thousand five on five games. What's so funny when you said that too, I'm even thinking of NBA guys that feel the same way, but not with their rankings, with their 2K ratings. It's crazy. It's crazy how much these players care about it. 100%. So <laughs> I just realized, so hoopshype.com, um, yeah. you know, when I was working with the Knicks, that was, you know, all management and scouts and coaches, like that's like one of the like 15 websites you go to. Right. So you go to it now and it'll, it'll, each player will be a player. Um, click on whatever player, J.R. Smith, and it'll be like their stats, their salary, their 2K ranking. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I'm like, this is really crazy. I'm like, it's 2K. It's overboard. Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool for you too, because you're actually in 2K. Yeah, that's it. That's, um, that's wild. Uh, people from all over the world are like training with me virtually. It's pretty cool. I got so to. What is your role in the game for those that don't yet play 2K or haven't made it to that point in the game yet? It's a good question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Um, because so I'm constantly reposting and resharing stories of people that have trained with me and people that don't know the answer on what they give, they're like, is Chris Brickley playing video games the whole day, every day? <laughs> and I'm like, I explain to girls and I explain to people like, no, I'm not legit actually there. So some people that don't know, they think I'm playing video games the whole day. Right. How it works <laughs> is, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, so I'm glad you asked that. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> if you buy the game and you build a player, right. and you, you, know, you build a player and you do the whole my career, mm -hmm. and you, you, uh, you start as a, as a rookie, and you play through seasons. So anyways, once you get through uh, the first few months of the season, you train with me and it unlocks the jump shot creator. So it allows you to pick how you shoot and what type of release you have. And so the, essentially the video game world needs to train with me to unlock their jump shot. I mean, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, it's amazing, it's and a there's, blessing. There's gotta be no better thing than people sharing that they're improving their jump shot. It's crazy. It, it's uh, it's yeah. It's one of the one of the best things. So now when I travel, it's not people be like, "Are you Chris Brickley from 2K?" And I get that all the time now. <laughs> really? A lot. Um, it's are you from 2K? People recognize me not from all the other stuff. It's from 2K. So it's pretty cool. It's I mean, that's the best. If people are recognizing you from like the different ways you've diversified kind of how you allocate your time. For sure. The best part about that is that you're just in the game, like you're chilling here, but you're also training with 500 kids it's across the United it, States. It's crazy. Even though it's a school day and they're probably in school. It's wild. 
it's 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 a blessing. It's a blessing. I want to talk about the Puma thing really quick. How did that come to be, and how how do you kind of see that kind of like beyond even even just like your individual deal, kind of setting the framework for other people in similar positions to kind of go about that and get similar deals? Because that's like the coolest part about it. For sure. Um, and I, I've always been about that as, as, you know, when I left the Knicks, I didn't think everything was gonna come full circle how it's coming. But uh, if I could be able to like make a platform for not just trainers, for like, anybody that you know to sign a sneaker deal or to be in a video game and like there's no reason why there can't be hoops nation in 2k there's no reason why there can't be buster in 2k like the, and that's the <laughs> what that, am i gonna be telling people in 2k no nah, helping anybody you with could no nah, but you could be honest you could go through ronnie 2k if you're listening you could go through the my career mode and as you get um, sit down and do a podcast exactly you, you sit down and have sneaker meetings <laughs> you sit down and have sneaker meetings so, so why not so um yeah the whole puma thing it came about i saw rudy gay wearing pumas thought it was super dope and you know i, I nike's established adidas is established and um i always was interested in new stuff in the game of basketball right and puma hoops coming out with the resurgence, it was just, it was dope. And I wanted to be part of it. Ever since I've been part of it, I feel like they've made some, some positive steps and uh, super excited. Have you met Walt Clyde Frazier yet? I have. So I, I met him when I was with the Knicks. It's a good guy. That He's man. getting some great pub. Every shoe's the Clyde. He's the man. He is the man. He is the man. He's, he's coined a lot of phrases too that I think should be more common than they are. For like sure. All the swishing and dishing. Yeah. You know, like it's it's clean. He's a legend. He's, he's the best at what he does. He's a legend. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, this this Puma thing. I was just thinking that the other day. I was talking with someone. The, all, a bunch of the off the sneaker off the court sneakers are called the Clyde mm -hmm. Suede's, the Clyde. Now you have the Clyde Harwood. So he's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure if a bunch of the kids know what that means. I feel like they just think of Clyde as like a Nike swoosher. I don't know if they know it's from Clyde Frazier. Uh, right. The history behind it. So That's interesting. Yeah. I always would have assumed that people would know, but that makes sense since mm. the only way you're going to know who Walt Clyde Frazier is respectively is if you're a Knicks fan. For sure. <laughs> so did, I, knew, I know you grew up in New Hampshire. I did. Does that make you a Celtics or a Knicks fan? Celtics. So By default. My roots is a Celtics fan. Uh, gotcha. You know, me and my father used to go to the games. We used to... I saw Larry Bird play, um, the old Boston Garden. I went, I went to those games. And then now it's the Knicks. Um, I haven't been to a Celtic game in a while, but um, yeah. Respect. Yeah. So I know you trained with a lot of young guys, uh, Cole Anthony, obviously. Who mm -hmm. are some of the young guys that you're, you're, you're the most hopeful for, or you know what they're gonna do? Yeah, so right now my relationship with Cole, it, it's, it's become, Deeper than basketball, I work with Ella, his younger yeah. sister, who's a Division One prospect. I didn't know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'm surprised. Whole, that... Literally, the whole family generation down. Yes, and then his little <laughs> little brother Leo is like a little like baller. They're all like they're all hoopers. Um, but yeah, Cole's gonna be special. I really think Cole's gonna be special. And all this hype that's coming with him, he doesn't let it get to his head. So he, you know, he was preseason freshman of the year and preseason uh, all ACC team and preseason on the koozie awards and all these like 
all this hype, but he's staying super level-headed. They just had their first scrimmage against Villanova. He had 28 points. Sheesh. So I'm actually going out there next week. They, they open up with Notre Dame. Okay. So that would be exciting. I think he, he, he still feels like he has a lot to prove, and I think uh, I'm super excited to, to see what he shows. Too, it's such a jump. Like Even from NCAA to the NBA, it's such a jump like audience-wise and attention-wise. The biggest jump is from high school to college. For sure. So that's going to be really crazy for eyeballs to be on him that never were. Especially at UNC. Um, I mean, forget he, about it. He's good. The, the route he's taken is really cool, you know, prestigious. He went to Oak Hill, and now he's at UNC playing it's for Williams. Michael Williams. Jordan on campus this year. He, I, so I visited. <laughs> he's going to be more Michael than Michael was. It's wild. A years. He can't do anything on that campus. I went to Midnight Madness, and legit, we, it took us like an hour to get out to, out to gym. Just students and little kids, and he is like a god on that campus. But he handles that's, it the right way. He handles it the right way. That's amazing. Yeah. That's 99% of the battle, just like figuring out how do NBA guys keep their head level? Exactly. That, well, that's what distinguishes you know, the great ones, the ones that can last seven, eight, nine, ten years in the league, and the ones that the rookie deal's done and they're done. Like, mm. At this level, right, you have your superstars, and then you have the guys that, I call it the guys that get it, and you have the guys that don't get it. But like other than the superstars, everyone's like, they're all extremely talented. Right. Some of them get right. to the NBA level and they don't, they, uh, they stop working or they, they like everything that the game entails and they forget you're here because you're a basketball player. You put the ball in the basket. Yeah, not, not because. <laughs> and you hopefully help your team win. For sure. And so I think the guys that get it and figure it out, they have long careers. And the guys that don't, they, they go overseas. What are some differentiating factors that you've seen from NBA guys and just elite basketball players in general in practice mm-hmm. that differentiate the, X, 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 like the X's from the Kevin Durant LeBrons? It's just the focus, just the level of focus, the level of professionalism. Uh, we have this thing, so without like, I'm not gonna give example that guy's names, but there's certain guys in the summer, uh, we call it like the, it's like the three hour thing. Uh, it's, uh, I've never actually named. So the guys that come in here and they'll be here for three hours. So Is it morning or night? It doesn't matter, but they'll spend three hours in the gym. Uh, that's taking care of their body, their lift, them on the court after, them stretching, whether they're watching film, they'll spend three hours in here a day. And I look, I look back at the guys that, spe- that spend three hours here every single day in the off season, those are the guys that have those $100 million deals that they're about to sign. And then I think of the guys that spend like an hour, they'll be in and out, and those are the guys that are like struggling to like get that next deal or um, getting the rotation and something Super about this three hour. Yeah, it's like he's a three hour guy, he's an hour guy, and it's a big difference. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and I, I just mean, that figured makes that out. Sense. Yeah, for sure. How do you then, do you try taking some of those elements from the, the elite guys to try to then cross that over into your life? Yeah, no, for 100%. That's a great question. Uh, CJ McCollum, the, the way he, Donovan Mitchell, the way they handle themselves, like the way they go about their craft, mm-hmm. 
uh, CJ signed a $100 million deal and then re-signed another $100 million deal, and he's the three-hour guy. He comes in here, and he's going to get his stretch in. He's going to get his workout in, and it's, it has to be an hour. If, if I try and shortcut him and hit him with a 52-minute workout, he's going to know. And after the workout, he's going to get the recovery. And, like, Donovan's the same way. And that certain players, they handle... The way they handle business inspires me to handle my life like that. So yeah. it's pretty dope. That makes sense. How much of the game do you think is mental? And how much of it is physical? I think it's a good question. A lot is, um, you know, to get to the NBA, you need a certain skill set. But then once you get to the NBA, what you do with your free time and how you prioritize, that's like the mental part. So I feel like there's different mental parts. There's the mental part off the court, the mental part on the court. And uh, it's huge. What do you think is more important? Um, I think it's equal. Because you, you could do all the right things on the court, but if you just treat your body like trash off the court mm -hmm. and uh, the way you handle your personal life, that, that bleeds onto the court. Got it. But at the same time, if you get mad, if you miss three shots and let that mental get to you, you're not going to be good either. So I think both, you, you just, you need, a, you need your brain needs to be working yeah. for everything else. That's one of my problems in pickup basketball. I missed two shots at the beginning, the rest of the game's over. Start overthinking? Then, then the next game starts, I hit my first two shots, I'm Kobe out there. Yeah. It's, it's it, black and white. And the crazy thing is, is how you just explained it, that's how it is for some NBA players that haven't figured it out yet. That's so crazy. They, they go out there and if they hit their first few shots, they're gonna have a good night. If they don't, you know, they're not gonna have a good night. And um, the mental aspect is huge, man. And that's why, like, one of the most impressive guys, obviously, you know, he has his own mentality coin, Mamba mentality. Yep. His final game, he went 0 for 6 to start the game, dropped 50 or 60 in his final yeah. game. Yeah. I just watched, it was just on NBA TV not that long ago, that game. Yeah. And, yeah. Against Utah. It was, that was his last game. Julius Randle was his teammate. D'Angelo was his teammate. And, yeah, the way he went out, uh, that's some mama mentality. Rick shots at the beginning. And he's and like, I'm Kobe, Kobe Bryant. I'm putting all these hours in. No, that, the mama mentality thing's so dope. Just how he, what that represents. I've, I've re, as of recent, I've read a lot on that. And he's such, a, he's such an inspiration. One of the guys that taught Kobe a lot of what he knows, Phil Jackson, mm -hmm. who you spent some time with. For sure. What was the biggest thing you picked up from Phil? So... The biggest thing I picked up from Phil is just how to handle people. Like, not necessarily like, this is how you're supposed to shoot a jump shot. This is the right drill. It's that like, NBA guys, they're human beings. So one guy might have a complete different set of motivations or a complete different background. And you need to get him to be able to work with another player who has a complete different um, set of motivations and how, how they came up and the way he just put people and brought people together using the game of basketball was amazing but he did it on an individual level and he like, taught me how to deal and work with people from all different types of look he had Dennis Rodman playing with Steve Kerr playing with Michael Jordan like that's no easy task and, yeah. and he talked about that a lot and that's would, the triangle. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy the way he had those guys playing. And uh, yeah, so he just motivated me on just how to deal with people. Hmm. That's interesting. Which is huge. How did he handle his, in, how, like, how does he handle a personal relationship with three different guys like that? Or is it kind of helping them get to 
get together on their own. He he spends a lot of time like meeting. He's big on that. Like so meetings? on meetings. Yep. So he would constantly be having the players in and out. You know, just just trying to get in the same level, trying to figure them out. And that was his big thing. If, if, you, if, you can, if a coach can figure out each player and like what makes them tick, what their goals are, then the coach can be successful. There's a lot of coaches out there that they don't, they, they don't know why this player is even playing basketball. They don't know what pisses this player off. This, they don't, once you get that personal relationship, it makes coaching a lot easier. And I think that was like his thing. And I can tell that's something you carry over into training. For sure, for sure, it's huge. You, if you if you don't know the player or the player that thing, yeah, you can't. It's, it's over with. Yeah, you can you can you can conduct a few workouts, but it, is it really gonna like? Uh, is the player gonna be thinking about that when they go home, or is the player gonna be? It, it you need that personal relationship to develop a player. What are some some intangibles in? professional basketball that people don't necessarily think of like I'm thinking of like the stuff like watching film and like ice baths like what are some random intangibles that basketball fans don't know about but mm-hmm. are key that every player does recovery the, re- the recovery things become such a and there's so many different types of recovery stuff now there's mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a chamber thing where you're standing in like negative 200 degrees. That's the nitrogen gas yeah, cryo they, chamber. Yep, they have yeah. that, and they have they have all these like. Have you ever done that before? By I have. It's so crazy. CJ I've brings me all the time. It's it's really cool. You you feel so good after. Yeah. It's three minutes. But you stand in there like pretty much naked, which is a little mm-hmm. weird. But mm-hmm. Yeah. But you <laughs> it, but you feel it, it takes all the you know the swelling out and but yeah so the young players that get on that recovery stuff early on in their careers. They just last longer. They're, they're more crisp throughout the season. Once February comes around, they're still, they, they don't have aches and pains that you know, some, of the, some of the guys that don't take their body serious do. So yeah, no, I think the recovery thing's huge. How much film do you watch for your guys? A ton. I try and watch every possession. Every possession? Of every, How much? Of every possession of the- they have the ball? Yeah. Can, is there any way for you to slice that down? Yeah, there's, uh, there's different um, synergy and clip pro and stuff. And so I'll, I'll watch the games, but if I, I can't catch every game. So you can just type in the player and just see every single time that they touch the ball during the game. And then, I need that for my fantasy basketball team. I know, that's, right? That's not a bad tip. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> awesome. And so that, that, and that, as you do that and the season keeps progressing, the player's like, oh, he's, he really is invested in me. He cares about me. And that helps the relationship. So then what kind of notes can you give a player after a game, after watching his possessions? Is it like small tactical things or kind of higher level? Yeah, so I guess each player is different. Some, some guys, they don't want to, you know, I just, you can have a conversation if you know what the player just dealt with. Like, well, man, you were getting doubled on every, every time you came off a pick and roll today, you were getting doubled. That must have sucked. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> on your three threes that you had, they were coming from bad passes. Right. The fans don't know that. So like little stuff, it just makes the conversation easier. And then I'm there if they want to talk about anything. Right. So that's really what it is. That makes sense. Out of, out of every tattoo that you've gotten, mm-hmm. which is the most meaningful? The most meaningful? So I saw like a bear peeking out and I was like, hey, yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> probably my, my father. So I, behind my knee, I got, my, I got a picture of my father who's, you know, uh, the, my best friend in life. And um, he's, he's the reason why 
through this whole process, I've like stayed sane and cause it hasn't been an easy process, you know, going through being an intern and just figuring out how to run a business and all that type of stuff. You need someone on your, on your side that you can talk to. 100%, somebody and that you trust. I mean, he, that's, that's everything. 200% of the battle. So he was that person. So that, that's the most meaningful tattoo for sure. That's awesome. I want to talk about colorblind for a second. Yeah. Why? Yeah, so when I was with the Knicks, it, it's, that's a good question. So when I was with the Knicks, um, I couldn't do any other workouts. So I was so, I'm so busy now, now that I'm not with the team. Yeah, so I couldn't work out players from other teams. I couldn't work out high school players. I couldn't work out college players. So I would go to practice. I would do my job, but I would have some more free time. And through having that free time, I've always been in the fashion and um, made a hoodie. Put colorblind on it. Joel Santana calls me. He's like, what is that? Where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, it's just a hoodie I made. You should run with that. And then I kind of ran with it. Always been in the fashion and now just kind of making steps with that. So it's definitely something I'm passionate about. What's a goal for that a couple years down the road? Just having it be like a staple in fashion. Um, Having it be a Supreme in 10 years. Having it be, you know, a brand that People don't just look at it as Chris Brickley's brand. They're just like, oh, colorblind, that's dope. Right, because you don't want it to be merch. No, I don't. And then, Very big difference, big difference between a fashion brand and... Huge. Yeah. And both are fine. Like, mm-hmm. I know people, like, money aside, that make, like, YouTubers and whatnot that mm-hmm. will literally make their living... Travis Scott makes millions off of merch. Like, yeah. At a single festival. Yeah, <laughs> wild. But you're right, a collection or uh, an actual brand is just it, you can tell stories through it over time. You, you can you, give other people collaborations. Like you could make, you know, like you could give CJ or like somebody their own thing with colorblind. For sure. Separate from here's my face, wear it and support me. It, Thank you. Like you're the best, but this is my face. Yeah. You know, exactly. One hundred percent. You can you can just be more creative with it and just have deeper meaning. From a higher level, where do you kind of see? Like your goals in training, in clothing, in TV, in shows, like five plus years down the road. Like where do you want to be? Just to, um, just keep doing what I'm doing, just kind of like on steroids. You know, I wake up every morning, like starving. I really do. Um, that that my mindset is. Uh, I never feel like I'm I'm doing enough. I never feel like I'm. My workouts are. I always leave. The workout, like man, I could have done this better. So I'm really tough on myself. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly? It can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Right. It could drive you crazy. Yeah. Um, if you if you if you let it. But it also, I think it's what makes successful people successful. Hundred percent. They don't. It, uh, I don't get comfortable. I, I I try. So I think just doing what I'm doing and just more efficiently. That's just my goal. And in 20 years, I wanna how we just spoke about, man, Cole Anthony, I came here for his first game. That's gonna be some other kid that, uh, that I build a relationship with that I can help change his life and inspire. Mm-hmm. And that's just the goal, just keep, keep, him, keep him pushing. Yeah, you wanna optimize. For sure. <laughs> that's for sure. like the short answer. It's like, yeah, everything I'm doing, I just wanna do it on steroids without the steroids. For sure, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I feel exactly the same way. And it's interesting too, hearing from a bunch of different people, like everyone that has done anything is as hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that just, no matter what they do, no matter what success they have, it's like, okay, what's, you know, what's next? But also at the same point, like 
what's super cool and healthy is when people can sit back and be like, you know what? Like, I'm happy with this too. Yes. But I'm not happy. Yes. You know? And, and I'm glad you said that because that's gratitude. That's, I've um, learned to, to sometimes just sit down and not have the notebook near me and just like be like, man, this is dope. Are you big? Are you a big notebook guy? A huge. I go through notebooks monthly. I just, I, I, my, my thing is if, if I don't write it down, it's not going to happen. And then on the other end, if I write it down, it's going to happen. So I'm big on constantly writing notes, doing lists, coming up with ideas. And I just, I'll write, sometimes I might write the same thing six days in a row, three months in a row. I just, just whatever's on my mind or whatever I'm trying to accomplish, I write it down. I've noticed that too, because I think when you write things on your phone, or like, even even in text, and that's like a start. Mm-hmm. But you need because people are like you know you might have an idea, and it could be the best idea ever. Uh-huh. But five minutes from now, you're thinking about the next idea. For sure. So unless that's down, or you know, the idea of having a team is to like outsource those things and optimize through other people and yep. allow them to take control with like your higher level thoughts and whatnot. Or, mm-hmm just like the overall idea and then helping find the right people through your network of who to use and utilize for different opportunities. You've done, which you've done a great job of. I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, being able to really do that and one thing that I've kind of realized and I used to, I used to like write things in a notebook and what I realized is the best for me mm-hmm. um, is writing things on sticky notes and then just slapping them over the wall. Oh, that's so cool. So if you go into like my apartment now, it's like every, like every night I'll write down what I didn't do today. Okay. And then I like that. when I wake up in the morning, I might just, take that. that's the top, like that's, like, if I don't do anything tomorrow, I'm tearing, and then when I do it, I tear down the sticky note. That's so, it's like, that's really cool. So I have like a uh, whiteboard okay. and a similar idea, but I like, I, I really like that. Cause it's like, it's crucial, man. You gotta write down, you, you gotta. Also, it just won't happen. For sure. It just won't happen. I think calendars on, on like iOS devices or whatever device you use are super useful as well. Yes, for sure. Um, like for actually being able to schedule things. Mm-hmm. But then again, like even, and I know this with, my, with myself, so I'm sure it's like true with other people, is like even just like having to make a, it's, it's annoying. Yeah. Like it's literally annoying. No, for sure. Even though it takes 20 seconds. Yeah. I'm still like. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? for sure. I'm not in the mood for that. For sure. Um, which is why eventually the goal is to like, like you were talking about, optimize everything, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to figure all of that out. And it's a process. That's the, that's the one thing too that people don't understand. Like in, in in anything in life, it's a process. It's gonna it's gonna take writing it down a thousand times, and then it might happen. But like you need to keep keep at it. And it sounds so. Everyone says you know keep going, but it's the truth. Just keep grinding. Yeah, I think like too, you know, and I've I've heard a couple of people say similar, somewhat similar things, but like people should celebrate like others' failures more in like the nicest way possible because that means like you're trying. Mm-hmm. Explain. Like, give me an example. Like, let's say let's say we're doing a podcast, mm-hmm. and the first seven episodes, like the audio quality is like eh, and the camera quality is like they're not stationed properly, and like there's a little bit of light in the background, and like the microphones are scratchy, mm-hmm. like that gotcha. is what is necessary yeah. for it to work 100%. in episode 28. I agree. That's what I think, like, that I believe in a ton. 100%. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise you never deal with the, you know, adversity or you never, yeah, 100%. That's the only way to become, to improve. Did you it's, see that with training? 
Um, yeah, for sure. My workouts have gotten just more efficient. And I, I look back at like two years ago and the way I conduct the workout now is completely different. And I just have learned, you, you learn through, you know, like you said, you look back and you're like, why was I doing that drill? But if I needed that to get better at conducting the workout. So yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little NBA for a second. Okay. Who do you have winning the title this year? Clippers. You the Clippers? I do. You believe in Kawhi Leonard? I do. Kawhi Leonard and PG hasn't even played. That team, the way they play together, they already had like that gritty, we're going to play defense, we're going to play basketball the right way. And then you add two superstars who, they're like two superstars who take their roles. Kawhi is going to play both ends and PG is going to play both ends. I love that team. Mm. Kawhi Leonard would be the first player in the history of the NBA to win three finals MVPs with three different teams. That's crazy. Crazy. And he was also the youngest in history. Wow. With San Antonio. I didn't know that. Way back in the day. He's, he's such an interesting guy. It, I, so I, I, I got a chance to work with him a few years back. I worked with him like two summers. One summer for like a week and one summer for like maybe four sessions or three sessions. Does he, did he talk to you? Yeah, we did. We actually, had, we actually had some really good conversation, and he's just an amazing person. Um, yeah, he's, he's a really good guy. Amazing person, amazing player. The way, the way he – just look what he does for his teammates. Look at the way he moves the ball. Look at the way he plays D. Just the way he, he, um, he's a leader by his actions, and that's dope. Yeah, and a lot of people criticize him, too, for, like, not being a vocal leader mm -hmm. for the team, like somebody like LeBron, for example. Like, LeBron does it all. He does. Like, and that's why he's, you know, if not the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. For but, sure. Man, if Kawhi gets the job done, he gets the job done. And he has gotten the job done thus far. He has. And has not bragged. I've never heard him say a word. That's crazy. It, no, he when hasn't. you think about that? Yeah, you can't. You Have can... you ever heard him talk about himself? <laughs> never. No. Never. No. I can list you any other all-star, any other 15 points per game player in the NBA. I can tell you like things they've said about themselves, as they should. Yeah. That's what any normal person does mm -hmm. because they're confident in their game. For sure. But Kawhi Leonard. That's very true. He's special. How do you think Russell Westbrook and James Harden are going to work together? I think it's, um, so far it's looking good. It's looking so really far good. it's looking good. I think... They, Russ, you know, let's rewind back when Russ was, uh, when James was like the rookie and Russ was, um, he was like, James would look up to Russ when he first got in the league. Mm -hmm. And then now to look at the situation they're in right now, James is probably one of, if not the best scorers in the NBA. Russ, he's about to be all-time leader, triple doubles. It's the way he plays so the game. Nice. It's Dope, and now they're they're together. I I think with D'Antoni's system, the way they he lets them play the game of basketball, I think it's gonna work. Um, yeah, that they're gonna be good too. So speaking of those last three guys we talked about, <clears throat> Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So our sponsor for the podcast is all about like predicting players' stats. Okay. What do you think those three guys average this season? James Harden, Russell Westbrook, probably Russ a triple-double. Okay, yeah, so I'll give you a, I think Russ is going to average a triple-double. I think James, 
He averaged 36.9 last year. And he didn't win MVP. I Which know. Chase, who was <laughs> pissed about that. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, if, you, if we're talking about most valuable player, how isn't James Harden the most valuable player? He averaged 36 points a game, like eight rebounds, and that's like unheard of. Michael Jordan came, did it, I think, averaged 37. Yeah, Will probably did it at some point too, but you know, it's all up. <laughs> it's amazing what he did. But yeah, so I think he should get MVP. But yeah, so I think Russell average, I think Russell average a triple-double. I think Kawhi will average at least 35. I think he's gonna have another great year, and I think, 35? yeah, I think These so. These numbers are just ridiculous. Yeah, I just feel like no one's no no one's figured out a way to guard him, and um, I feel like Russ is gonna make his life easier. Mm. What James had 59 last last game. Uh, Crazy in a 150 plus. Yeah. What what world are we living in now? I know it's like video game numbers, but James is he keeps doing it, and so it's not like it's a fluke. He's he's been doing this. <laughs> yes. uh, and then Kawhi, I think that um, he's going to get championship number three. Mm. Bold. Just to really quick reiterate myself regarding Playline, uh, every single week, so every Wednesday night, there's the Beat Buster Challenge where you can enter, you enter the three players playing on that night. So whatever day you're listening to this, the next Wednesday, enter the Beat Buster Challenge at Playline.com and enter promo code BUSTER so that you get 25 free dollars to play and win each week's prize, number one of $100,000. All you have to do is guess the three players of the night, their points, rebounds, and assists accurately, and then you're entered to win. Well, that you would win. You would win the $100,000. And then all you have to do to be entered to win a prize, period, you could, you could literally get everyone wrong and still win a prize if you get closer than me. So if you get closer than me, you're entered each week to win a different prize. We've given away Xbox, we've given away game-worn jerseys by LeBron James, we've given away James Harden jerseys signed, we've given away just about everything. So hop on that. Playline.com, the Beat Buster Challenge, promo code BUSTER, get $25 free when you put in five. If you could add anything to the game, I've heard a lot of people say that, they're, they, that they would want a four-point line. Mm-hmm. guys like Steph, because they're shooting so far back, you might as well reward that and change the game in that facet. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people say that you know they should like lengthen or shorten or like a bunch of different things. Is there anything that you would like to see the NBA add to the actual game of basketball? That's a good question. One of the things that I've heard that I really like, and I know you've probably experimented with this a little bit, like trackers on basketballs. Okay. For like in-depth analysis on like pressure that guys are putting down on like and this is like when they're handling the ball or yeah yeah, yeah. yeah um, that like could be pretty and whatnot yeah that that could be uh pretty dope i'm trying to think anything to add also or, imagine for that too like a ball is going out of bounds and instead of sending it to instant replay they have the data because you could detect who you fingerprint all the players oh so if it's like Tapped by players that you're saying, right, right, right. yeah, like tapped out. That's actually the last person to touch it. That'd be pretty cool. They have trackers on some basketballs, don't they? With shooting, I think so. Yeah, that's a, that's something I'd have to think about. But that, I mean, the NBA is gonna they're gonna add stuff. I'm, I'm sure in 20 or 30 years, there's gonna be something that we haven't thought of. I know, I know, you've worked with a, a lot of WNBA players as well. I have. Is there anything you would add to the WNBA game? Um. 
No, uh, to talk about the WNBA, I feel like they just had their mo their best season. I, I feel agree. like every put on social media in the WNBA was like really talked about they this year. Huge all star in Vegas. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought that was dope. The girl undrafted got an MVP at the yeah. All Star game. So there's been some cool storylines. And I think the NBA players have done a good job of supporting the WNBA. For sure. I can't think of a superstar on the West Coast that didn't show up to at least one playoff game. Yeah. So I think the WNBA is going in, the, in a good direction. I want Brianna Stewart to get back out there. Yeah. She's such a good person and uh, MVP. She was MVP last time she played a season. So I'm excited for her to get out there. Pretty cool. What else are you most looking forward to in the next year? What is Chris Brickley excited about? A, what am I most excited about? Just consistency and just maintaining. Just consistency. Yeah. Just, um, just keep building, you know, get some more grassroots kids and build those relationships and as a few NBA guys that I haven't worked with that I want to get a chance to work with. Um, and I guess just consistency, just keep doing, like you said, just keep optimizing. It's a good message. Three recommendations about anything, whether it be a book somebody should read, a movie somebody should watch, a restaurant they should go to, an activity that they should try. Three yeah. recommendations. I got three recommendations. Anything. All right. Um, Workout, these are three things. It changes, it changes, it add that to your life. If you don't work out consistently, then it really will change. It'll, it'll allow you to think clear. You'll be more positive. It, it's just a healthy thing to do. So A, working out, B, drink water. Um, <laughs> I just recently got into this thing where I'm drinking like a gallon of water a day and I wake up just like that I just feel really good. Um, that's number two. <laughs> number three. It feels good, drink a gallon of water. It's true. Number three is just... Um, Definitely water over soda. For that's sure. For, that's for sure. For sure. Um, I want this number three to be something. Let's see. If I had to recommend something to um, all aspiring trainers, um, that it's gonna be a slow grind. Um, you know, I, I get DMs all the time. They're like, I'm in year one or I'm in year two of working out players or being a trainer. And like, I haven't started making money yet or I haven't started, I haven't gotten an NBA player yet. Or I, I didn't get an NBA player for the first few years I started doing workouts. Um, I didn't make any money for the first five years I started doing workouts and uh, all of this stuff has been like eight years later, 10 years later. So just- 10,000 hours. For sure. So just um, to everyone that's trying to be a trainer, just understand that it's gonna be a grind and just enjoy it. If you truly love the game, you shouldn't be thinking about, oh, I don't have an NBA guy. You should, every day you should be excited about that next workout. And I feel like that's gonna help you build something special. That's big. I agree with all of them. I most agree with the working out part. Yeah, that is, you work out? I just started like a year ago, and, every day. And how do you feel like it's changed your Amazing, outlook? every morning. Every morning, either at 7 a.m., I go downtown and do this workout class called Switch. Mm -hmm. My friend Ethan is a trainer there, and it's just a 
20 station, two minute interval, different, like they, you feel dead at the end, but that's the best feeling ever. For sure. And then the rest of the day you're fueled instead of waking up at 10 a.m. and then like going and getting breakfast and then having like the food coma hit you. Yep. Like you're just in a vibe. Mm -hmm. And I used to do that, not realizing it through playing basketball a ton, Yep. but actually doing a lot of cardio. Like I've heard a bunch of people say like when you do cardio, it's the best way not to care about anything is to do two hours of hard cardio. Sure. Like you will not, you have no worries yeah. in the world. You could be in the worst position ever. Yep. You do two hours of cardio, you don't care what anybody says to you. It's like so a high, it's like a, it's like a mental, it, 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 it's like a, um, it's the best feeling in the world. Working out, man, it really does. It, everything that, like you said, you forget about the negatives and then when you're done working out, you'll come up with some new, better ideas. It's just, uh, it's a no-brainer. Blood flow. That's like half the battle. Because when you're sitting down, like one of the problems I have with like school in general is that there's no blood flow. Mm -hmm. Like you're sitting down, especially, point. so it's like two things. This is why I'm like totally, like I love the idea of school. Mm -hmm. I hate the actual like output of school mm -hmm. because you're sitting down uh, and you're, for the most part, like regardless of whether, whatever subject you're into, you're learning about subjects that you're not into for the mm -hmm. most part. Mm -hmm. And then you're kept still all day, mm -hmm. so you have no blood flow, mm -hmm. and you're learning about something you don't like, what do you think's gonna happen? For you're sure. You take anything in. It's a good point. And you're keeping them there, whereas in like, let's say you're putting somebody in like something they're, that they're passionate about, and you know, they're working out right before that, mm -hmm. you already know what's gonna happen. For sure. You're gonna crush it, yeah. regardless of whatever it is. No doubt. So I'm a big believer in that. Um, so, and I, I think too, like it's not like working out is, dead because a lot of the excuses people have is time mm -hmm. and i agree like time is everything which sure. is why like the best products in the world just save you time yep. you know but uh at the same time it's worth it getting up an hour half an hour it is you just like work out for 10 minutes like just blood flow for sure so to go on that my workouts i work out 30 minutes some days some days i work out 20 minutes but i make sure i get a sweat to me if i get that sweat then that's a workout what does your personal workout look like um, I go to the gym by myself and I'll just shoot around. Uh, okay. you, I'll, I'll do the different pattern things like I'll make three from five spots or some days I'll go off to dribble. I'll just go back to my childhood or some stuff that I'm trying to implement in the workout and I'll do them by myself. And um, so I get a sweat on in the court by myself and then I'll do some abs, do a little lift and that's really my workout. Gotcha. Headphones, no headphones? Music. Music is loud, but it's on the speakers. What are you listening to? Um, whatever, whatever's, um, I don't even want to say what's lit in the time because I, I like some, I've been listening to Tupac lately. Nice. So I guess it just changes by the week. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you a Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music? Apple Music. You're an Apple Music guy? I am. Gotcha. I am. <laughs> It'd be funny to see somebody like chart out like the different types of people that listen. Yeah, for I'm a SoundCloud guy because I like remixes. Oh, okay. I listen to, and like most, I don't like artist uh, done remixes. I like like these kids that will literally just go ham in like these uh, audio platforms. That's cool. And just like switch dubstep on like hip hop songs and like, yeah. random stuff. Um, but I, I definitely hear that. Um, so you you're a speakers guy. And one of the things I think working out about too is like you can also optimize that time. Like you can like listen to podcasts. Like I'm sure a bunch of people that are literally listening to this right now are working out and they're like, ha, gotcha. For sure, <laughs> no, as motivation, 100%. I'm actually, so um, 
sometimes I won't do the basketball workout and I'll do, I'll ride the bike, I'll do elliptical nice. or something like that. And when I'm doing those, I'm more likely to listen to a motivational podcast. So yeah. That's good. If you could have dinner with three people alive, who would they be and why? Um, dinner with three people. Okay. Number one, I'm, I might mess this name up. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> but she's so intriguing to me. She's uh, the, the, like that new pop. Billy. Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish. The fact that she's gotten on the scene as fast as she has. And like, you know how old she is, too, right? She's like 16. She's like 17 years old. And yeah, she has crazy. like 50 million followers. And the way she like has her fashion and the reason why she dresses like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen much about her story. It's like, it's like she's really smart and she has like a cult following. I would love to just sit down and just be like, and she, they say she writes her own music. Like, With her brother, yeah. So, and then she has like the people running around in the circles and they're in the shows. Super inspirational. I'd like to sit down with her. Um, two other people I'd like to sit down with, Michael Jordan. Just, I've never got a chance to meet Michael Jordan. Um, I would love to just sit down and just ask him a bunch of questions. Um, being, what would you ask Mike? I would probably ask him questions about Phil. So I know Phil so well. Gotcha. And so we could like, kind of like joke and have be honest. Have you about Mike? I have. I have. We've had some cool conversations about that. Third person that I would like to sit down with, and um, I would have to say, it's a good question. Um, For me, it's always, I just want to talk basketball with Obama. Okay. That's number one. Okay. Like, that is the highest, like, I don't care about politics. Like I don't care about any of that. I yep. just want to talk sports mm -hmm. with Obama. That's one of mine. Okay. Probably like growing up a huge baseball fan. Derek Jeter's on there. I've never uh, met the guy. Okay. Um, and then the third one's tricky because you've got all these legends that you don't want to exclude. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I probably put like I've gotten to spend a little bit of time, and I've actually had like some cool basketball conversations with him. But I put Travis on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's that would be my third. Super creative uh, I think, inspiration. Like too, one of the interesting things to think about with like your four person dinner is like, what's the dynamic gonna be between Michael Jordan and Billie Eilish? I know. <laughs> well, they're, bo they're both legends, like in the making. I, I feel like- MJ knows who Billie Eilish is. Billie definitely knows who MJ yep, is. Yep, that's a great question. I'm not sure. But I'm, so I'm just fascinated at people that are amazing at their crafts. Right. And the, she's like 15, 16 years old and she has 60 million followers and <laughs> she's selling out yeah. world tours like yeah. that's unheard of I would, I would just I'm fascinated by people that are really successful yeah I've heard her talk about um, how she's happy that fame has hit her super young as well because mm -hmm. there was no time to ever mess up mm -hmm. which I think is super interesting yeah um, and I agree with so one of the people you mentioned her fashion mm -hmm. just, have you ever heard of Imran Potato um, I don't think he's so. a fashion designer he's been on this podcast he um he does custom concert outfits. He's done it for Travis, he's done it for Sheck West, and Billie Eilish. She wears a bunch of his concert. Like, you've probably seen the outfits. He does like full bodysuit, Louis Vuitton print, Gucci print. I probably have, like, yeah. Top to bottom. That's cool. But it's not Gucci or Louis, it's oh, okay. Imran. <laughs> and he's never had, does he take the Gucci logo and the Louis logo? Or yeah. is, and he's never had any problems. Props to him. To this day, he's featured in Vogue. So I think, I think overall, since he's not necessarily 
selling them wide release, it's yep. just a good look for the brand. Because mm. like if you're Louis Vuitton and somebody's representing you in a good way and they're not profiting off of it, for sure. Or they are in other ways, but not directly. Um, I would like I would be especially if you're talking those names. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, talking big time people. For sure. So who decided number three? I'm not gonna let you get away from this one. Number three? <laughs> uh, man. Uh, if I had to sit down, number three. It's crazy. I've met a lot of my like idols. Like who are I've some been of your favorite people that you've met? Um, just gotten to have like one of those. I just met Jason Williams, that was really cool. Very I cool. grew up just wanting to and know so many questions I asked him so he was probably so annoyed I asked him like a hundred questions it's the stuff I always wanted to know since childhood um and there's a bunch of artists that I always wanted to meet J. Cole and you know we've become really close and stuff like that number three how's this basketball game by the way very good it's good very good I see those videos but sometimes you know on the internet it can I can hit 10 shots in a row for sure for sure but he's no he's consistent and so he's the type of guy I wouldn't even he wouldn't even allow me to release a video if he wasn't consistently making them. He doesn't want to trick oh, course, people into, but there's some artists that they, they, they want me to f video shot it to make it look like he's, he's like, you're going to release a video if, if it's it worthy of, yeah, so got to respect that. Um, <laughs> he said video shot. <laughs> video, it's true, it's true. That's a lot of rappers I've made look good through that, oh through that app. Um, uh, so if I had to meet, if I had to sit down with someone, um, probably Larry Bird. That's pretty cool. Probably Larry Bird. Just me and my father, we grew up watching him. Kind of being a little kid from Boston. Larry Bird is definitely uh, a guy I would love to. That'd be an interesting. Now I'm trying to think. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Billy. Beating. Larry and Mike know each other. For sure. <laughs> They're, they've been acquainted. For sure. The oddball is, is Billy Eilish. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's my dinner. Yeah, I mean, let's try to make it happen. <laughs> I know, right? That'd be, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. That'd be dope. Who are the best rapper hoopers that you've seen? J. Cole, Chris Brown, and Quavo. Hmm. You're taking those three in a three-on-three -three tournament? Yep. From who I've personally seen, no doubt, for sure. The only run that I've ever played in at one of your gyms, I played in a run one time, I don't know if you, if you remember, but with Lil Durk yep. and Shaq. I remember. Durk's good. Durk's good. Shaq, Shaq's good too. I mean, Shaq grew up like dominant. He's long, he's lanky too. Yeah, he is. He's quick. Yeah, but he Durk is. can handle the ball. Yeah, he can. Like, he, it's crazy. He has really good form. Really good form. He does. Super underrated. Yeah, he is. But Chris is like, Chris, Chris Brown is super athletic, can handle the ball, you know, shoots it. Um, and then Quavo's gotten like what a few MVPs in the celebrity games. He just understands how to play. See, he can get some buckets. How difficult do you think the celebrity game actually is, though? Because the defense is kind of weak. I'm not gonna lie. It, it is. It's, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that difficult. <laughs> um, even though there are a few celebrities that worked to perform well at. And, they struggle in it, so I, it's still you're oh, in a, it's you've seen celebrities train for the game? Yeah. I would go all out for two years, it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few, but um, it's still pressure, there's pressure involved. You're playing in front of 10, 15,000 people, gotta make a shot, the whole mental aspect. I know you went on tour with Cactus Jack, how's Travis's jump shot looking? Because I know... It, it got a lot better. through phases. It got a lot better, I met him through, um, the first time we ever worked out was in New York City, and his jump shot was, it was shaky. 
And th that, <laughs> He's gonna be real. That day I met him, he was, within like 10 minutes, he's like, you wanna go on tour with me? I'm like, we haven't even introduced, like, I don't even like, I, apparently Quavo must have told him about me, he must have knew. I thought he was joking. And then a few weeks after that, his man just starts texting me and then I went on tour with him. And his jump shot, it got a lot better. It really did. And I think he just used it, like we were talking about the working out thing. It was so, a mental thing. Yeah, exactly. It just cleared his mind, broke a sweat, and I think it was just really good for his mental. And I think you've done this better than anybody, but if you can make working out fun. Mm -hmm. For sure, exactly. And that was the perfect example. I think it, it helped him. And perfect example. What, where can people find you best? I assume Instagram. Yep. Instagram, cbrickley603, uh, Twitter, cbrickley603. And um, that's it right now. I'm working on a YouTube page, so that's to be announced. My man, you're the man. Thank you. Chris Brickley. Appreciate you. See you guys next time. Peace.